Welcome to Originality, the podcast where we explore the roots of creative genius. I am one of your hosts, Aline Sims, and I am joined, as always, by the wonderful Kay Tempest Bradford. Hey, Tempest, how's it going? Pretty good. How's it going with you? It's going. We'll see. I'm I'm having a day of misadventures, I think. Misadventures are some of the best adventures, I feel. Okay. All right. I feel reassured now. Well, I had the pleasure of talking with this week's guest, uh, Kathy Campbell, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hi, I'm Kathy Campbell. I am the unicorn sidekick, a business manager and virtual assistant for small businesses. I also am a photographer. I co-host the Art Supply Posse podcast. I'm mother to an amazing eight-year-old little princess and caregiver to my fantastic husband who had a stroke in 2010. So Kathy and I met at XOXO last fall, the fall of 2016 um, in Portland, and I was actually talking to her about getting her help with my email uh, because I am not at all good at email wrangling. And ultimately, what I wanted help with was less than or equal. And also at XOXO, I talked to Mike and Steven of Relay FM and decided that it was actually time to bring less than or equal to a close. But I found Kathy, someone who is very organized, very together, and um, is very good at uh, helping people accomplish their goals. I need somebody to wrangle my email, too. This is amazing. <laughs> She's she she'd do it. She'd do it. So Kathy and I talked about a lot of things, but kind of the thread that I feel came through all of it was how how to get started with helping yourself. Um and also how a virtual assistant can help you. Uh do you think that sums it up, Tempest? Yeah. So before I get too far down the rabbit hole, uh, let's let Kathy explain to everybody how she got started with her business. Yeah, so I started uh, my business working just with photographers, and I would help take some things off their plate so that they could concentrate on what they love to do. So they could be the creative behind the camera, and I would be able to help them process their photos, do their marketing, website, all of that stuff. Um, A couple years ago, I realized that I wanted to move outside of the photography industry and During that transition, I started working with a client who is now a really close friend of mine. And when I was listing out everything that I have done in the past and have knowledge and the ability to do, she goes, oh my goodness, you are a unicorn. And I was like, yes. And I just kind of have completely owned that title and made it everything that my brand is. And I absolutely love the fact that I can just say that I'm a unicorn and it kind of everyone understands it. Kathy is a unicorn. And I don't know, I'm kind of sad that she has that has that title because I feel like that's hers now. Right. Like I, we, we can't be unicorn sidekicks. We, we can probably choose some other unicorn titles like like the unicorn secondary character who gives the person like exactly what they need to complete their quest. I feel like that would fit really well on a business card too. I mean, it's yeah. such a succinct title. <laughs> but I I love that idea of a person who, 
you know, has all these different skills and and things that they've done that sort of all come together so that they could be sort of the perfect storm to help, you know, a person get exactly what they need to be their most creative. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that there are a lot of creative people who could use a person like that. The only problem is that there are a lot of creative people who also don't have any money. And so they cannot pay for a unicorn sidekick to come into their lives. Yeah, totally. I I, I get that. And it, it's super interesting that uh, this conversation with Kathy came when it did because she was saying a lot of the things. So so something that I've talked about is that I have ADD, um, ADHD in a ten of subtype, I think is the official like thing for it. Um, and so that means that I have a hard time getting my crap together sometimes. And it's interesting because the day before I recorded with Kathy, I actually had a call with, um, with some coaches at people who specialize in helping women entrepreneurs get their crap together so that they can focus on what they need to focus on. And, um, and it's interesting that as I was talking to Kathy, a lot of the things that she does with any kind of entrepreneur, um, any kind of small business she works with are the same types of things that they were talking about doing on my ADHD call. It's just like, here, let me help you get your things together. And it was super, super fascinating and kind of gave me a little bit of confidence. Like, hey, I'm not, it's not just my weird brain. It's like everybody struggles with this. No, this is true. And actually, I I also likely have undiagnosed uh, ADD. I've been reading in the past few years, lots of articles about a lot of the information that's been coming out in more recent years about women and girls who have ADHD and how it presents so differently with us than it yep. does with boys and how all the early stories or early studies were just done on boys. And they were like, well, boys, it's universal. So if they, you know, girls will present this way too. And then many, many, many girls were undiagnosed, went undiagnosed for a long time because it just, there are cultural things that go along with why girls aren't diagnosed with it. And also it just presents differently in us and and the symptoms are different. And so reading those articles and reading lots of other stuff about women who have been diagnosed and some of the struggles that they have with, you know, being able to do things that everybody else considers to be like basic stuff that anyone should be able to do and, and, the women with ADHD have problems doing these things on on a very basic level. It's not because they're lazy and can't get it together. It's just because their brains work a different way. And I was like, oh, this is what's been the, the issue all this time, really? That? And so, yeah, it's it can be very frustrating to read things like that and realize that the whole time it hasn't been just that you are crap at getting yourself together. It's just that you've had this undiagnosed problem. Yep. But like you, uh, a lot of the things that I had been reading about how women are able to better manage themselves uh, knowing that they have this condition were a lot of the things that Kathy was talking about um, in her conversation with you. And and I was like, yes, like all those things are, are things that I need to do, but they also tend to be things that just like a bunch of people, you know, whether they're entrepreneurs, whether they're creative people, whatever, need to do or, or find helpful to do to, to get all their stuff together. Yeah. And I think that something to miss you and I both, uh, both have, and maybe a lot of our listeners have is, uh, kind of this, like we've got our fingers in a lot of different pots or a lot of different pies, you know, yeah. I have, 
right? Like, like I teach uh, one or two classes, t- college classes a semester. Um, I'm organizing app camp for girls. I, um, I'm trying to start a business. I do this podcast. I have, um, other podcasts like on the incomparable network, um, that I, I guest on. I don't actually have to edit or do show notes or anything, which I'm, I'm grateful for. Um, you know, and then just keeping up relationships with friends and family members. And that doesn't even include like answering my email and, you know, putting away my laundry, which seems to be the most insurmountable problem for me. Like, how does laundry get put away? I don't even know. Right. And why isn't there like some elf that's here to put it away oh for me? Gosh. I would pay a house elf with so many socks. Like, they could have all the socks they wanted. They could, they could have, I, I would pay the money. I, it doesn't, I'd do it. I'd do it. I'm with you. It's, and And you know what? I think that a lot of it also is that because we have like so much different stuff going on that if there was some way to like be super, super, super efficient about it, then like maybe we could find time in the day to to do all the things. But being super efficient can also go counter to all the things that make what we do valuable. Right. Um, you know, I could wake up every day and, you know, say, okay, I'm going to write for these two hours. And I have these two hours to lineage writing. And then I, boom, I put out like however many exact words I can get out every day in those two hours. And then I'm going to go and I'm going to like read my email for exactly one hour and then take a 20 minute break to put food in my mouth and whatever. And it's like, and to break it all down like that. But then there's, there are always factors that get in the way of that, whether they be like life or other things that you have to do. And sometimes you have to be a bit more flexible, but then like tipping it all the way into like life is chaos doesn't help either. So it's like yeah. finding a balance that's really hard. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think that Kathy has some tools. She mentioned some tools that you can go out and research on your own. Um, I'm going to play a clip in just a second. But basically, I asked her, how does one get started with you? Um and she and I, again, we talked about this some at XOXO, and part of the reason I wanted to talk to her here is that she has tools in place for talking with new clients and getting information from new clients that I think can be helpful to anybody. Um, and then if you choose to maybe employ Kathy, uh, you've got an idea of how this might work. So let me play what she had to say. Before I even send a contract to somebody, I have a consultation and we talk about where they're, where they are in their business, where they are in their personal life, maybe not specifics, but to give a basic idea because the things that I help with are very different if you're a mom or a parent versus a single person in the big city. Um, So we break down and just talk like friend to friend to learn about who you are as a person, what your business does, what your business is like, and where your stress points are. I also send out um, a delegation matrix, which helps you as um, a person and a business owner find out where your pain points are. So you're able to mark down what you love to do, what you're really good at versus what you hate doing and what you're terrible at and everything in between, which really helps clarify to yourself, but also to me where I can help you. I also have you do a time diary, which helps figure out what you do all day because if you ask somebody and they're like, oh yeah, I'm working 80 hours a week. Okay. What are you doing? 
nobody, you, you don't know, you don't really know. And so by doing a time diary, you're able to help figure out for yourself. But again, also for me, where we can get those things off of your plate so that you can run more efficiently and more successfully. Now, Kathy said time diary, and I wanted to cry. Like, just the thought of trying to. (laughs) I was like, you want me to, you want me to write down everything? And I think that's because I know that I spend too much time not doing the things that I feel like I need to be doing. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that, that's a huge thing. I, I know for a fact that I spend too much time on Facebook and Twitter and, and things and stuff. And I've done and used some, I guess, browser add-ons and whatnot to try to curb that. But I turned the browser add-ons off for a while and then I didn't turn them back on. And that was probably a mistake. But one of the things that using those browser add-ons did for me was to show me how often I was just sort of reaching for Facebook or Twitter and not getting my work done and and how I have no real clear sense of how much time I spend doing those things because I would have it set up so that one would uh, cut me off after 10 minutes of being on Facebook. And so I'd be scrolling along and I'm like, oh, I've got time. And I'd be like scrolling and reading a thing and then it would turn off. And we'd be like, sorry, your 10 minutes are up. I was like, um, that was was not 10 minutes, right? Like, what are you talking about? 10 minutes? That wasn't 10 minutes at all. But it totally was because your, your sense of how much time you're spending doing things definitely changes depending on, you know, what's going on. And social media is one of those things that makes time dilate. It seems like it's going real slow for you, but it's going real fast in, in real life. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a problem. I I totally get it. Uh but I I love this thought of having <laughs> Okay, so I really don't, but I do. Love this thought of having somebody uh who you're kind of honest with and you're like, "No, seriously, this is how I spent my time." And uh at this point I would be I would be super ashamed to share that. I I I don't want to do it even just for me to look at, but I see so much value in that, uh, from like my perspective of like, yeah, I need to tighten things up a lot, but also from the thing where, you know, someone like Kathy can look through that and be like, why are you spending five hours a day answering your email? That's, that's not a thing for you to be doing. I can see that. But one of the other things that, again, going back to some of the articles that I've been reading about um, women with ADHD is that a lot of the problem with dealing with it is getting over the sense of shame that is a cultural societal thing that is often put on women. Like, how is it that you can't get yourself together to do this? How is it that you're spending five hours doing your email? How is it? And and we have those ideas in our head from just, you know, culture, our strange work ethic, no siesta, Puritan, terrible work culture yeah. <laughs> that that has come down to us from these terrible people in the past. But, um, and there's no allowances made for it. And there's particularly no allowances made for it for women. So I, I totally get that. I totally get what you're saying. But I also like know in my brain that like specifically you shouldn't feel that way. Not that I can like reach through the internet and like make you feel another way. Right. It's like, don't feel that way. Feel this other way. Find another way to be. Um, but but that's part of it. And I think that especially when you are a freelancer or you are working toward 
making it so that your creative projects or your freelance projects or your working for yourself projects are going to be the thing that sustains you, that is sort of the first thing that you have to try to to come to terms with and really like face and work out is not only saying, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't spend, you know, five hours just twirling around my email, but not having a sense of shame attached to how you're doing your email, because it's not that you're a bad person for taking five hours to do your email. Perhaps it's just that you are not working through your email in the most efficient manner because you don't know how to, mm-hmm. you, you know, you may need a tool to help you like, okay, I'm going to like move through these emails in a systematic way in order to get through them and move on. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like the, the thing that I've gotten out of reading about ADHD is that you, you have to work, you have to make goals that work with the way that your brain works instead of being angry that your brain doesn't work the way that it quote should work. Yeah, totally. And that's, that's something I obviously have not made peace with, you know, um, especially when it comes to my big hang up is the house. Like the house is a mess. I, I, it's, it's just kind of always a mess and that's not good. And I don't like it and it stresses my husband out. And, um, what I really need to do is go through and purge things so that I don't have as many things to make messy, but. Oh uh, no, purging. No, I know. I know. But if I'm also, um, in the process of prepping to, you know, perhaps probably maybe move. And so that's going to have to happen anyway. So I might as well just start doing it now, honestly. It's a shame. It's a shame that Kathy doesn't live closer because I know she'd come over and help me if I could pay her. Right. It's like have somebody come in and be your moving consultant. Like, yeah, hmm. yeah. Do you need yeah. that? I don't know if you need that. Why don't we put that in the box of things that I don't need? But I've had that. No, I have like twenty books from when I was growing up on my bookshelf, and I'm like, oh, I can't get rid of those. I don't know. I'm gonna gonna have to do something about that. But having an assistant, I think, uh, is such a valuable tool to, you know, to helping you figure all this stuff out because the fact of the matter is it's so hard for us to objectively look at things and know what's going on. We're so far in the weeds and so far in the shoulds of what we should be accomplishing them and how we should be accomplishing them and we should be able to do it all. And I think also, you know, women especially, uh, we should be able to do it all and cook dinner and clean the house. And, um, you know, that's hard. That's a lot of societal pressure that we're putting on ourselves. Yeah. Speaking of societal pressure and, um, getting in our own ways, uh, Kathy and I talked about that a little bit, how people, um, get in their own way and, um, well, why don't I let her talk? Because I work with so many of the small businesses that are usually solopreneurs or maybe they have uh, a partner, um, a lot of times the biggest barrier that people have is not realizing their full potential um, for the business itself or for what they do in the business. Um, They put restrictions on themselves based on what they think is possible. So whether it's, if they work with clients, they might, um, not be charging enough, uh, for what people are willing to pay. And they're afraid to raise their prices because their spouse or mom and dad think that they already charge too much. When in reality, 
you can, if you are good at what you do, whatever it is, it doesn't even matter. There is usually a market for that price. You just have to be brave enough to go and find it. This is huge, right? <laughs> um, yeah, this is, it's such a big thing because it is, and I think that this is particularly true of certain kinds of creative people, depending on the creative discipline. It's also true for a lot of women. Um, one of the things that I'm always being told is that I don't charge enough for certain things, like not so much necessarily for the freelance writing work that I've done, because those prices are, are generally set like before I even come around. Although sometimes I will turn down something where they're like, we're going to pay you this amount. It's like, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to write that for you because I'm worth more than that. And it's not even a matter of me being like, I'm worth more than all the money. It's like, I'm worth more than $25 for a 2000 word piece. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like there are times. So when, for instance, I used to make jewelry uh, on a fairly regular basis, and I sold it. And people often told me, they were like, you're not selling this for enough money. And I would say, but nobody's going to pay that amount of money for this. And people were like, yes, they will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and but in my mind, I was thinking, I'm not a professional jeweler. I do this as a hobby. I am, you know, it doesn't seem to me that the thing that I'm doing is worth like all this extra money. It's worth like this amount of money over what I paid for these materials. That was my thinking. And I wasn't thinking about not only the value of my time, but just the value of the actual piece and somebody wearing it and getting enjoyment out of like, that's what people are paying for more so than just the time that you put into making it and the materials cost. And it took me a really long time to be able to make myself think in a different mindset about those things. And I still probably don't charge enough for my jewelry, but I also don't make it that much anymore because I can't go into beating stores. It's a problem. I go in <laughs> with money. I come out with a bunch of beads Stuff, and I have no yeah. money. I can't pay the rent. <laughs> and then you have to move it all since you don't have a, a set always house. Right. That's another thing. That's another reason I can't be anymore because, you know, that stuff is heavy. I yeah. <laughs> Carry it around with you. Uh, yeah. And this this super resonated with me, too, because I'm trying to launch a business. Um, hopefully, by the time this actually goes out, it will be launched. Uh, so I'll put that in the show notes. It's called App Launch Map. Um, so if you're like an indie um, iOS or, or Mac developer, I can help you. But something that I've really struggled with is how to price it. And I'm very fortunate that I've got a couple of of people in my life who are like, you know, I'm like, I think I'll t- charge, you know, 25 bucks for this thing. And they're like, no, you you need to charge a hundred bucks for that thing. I'm like, really? That's a lot of money. And, um, and I've been working through a lot of that self-doubt. Like part of the reason I haven't launched yet is, uh, I don't feel like I'm an expert. I'm an expert. I really am an expert on helping people yeah. launch their apps. Yeah, you are. But I don't feel like it. Uh, so, Hey, after that ringing endorsement, hire me to help you <laughs> get your apps launched. Do it people. <laughs> yeah. And, and sometimes there's also the, the idea of sort of understanding your market and being able to look around yeah. and see like what you're doing in comparison to what other people are doing who are doing similar things, but not exactly the same. I mean, for instance, uh, and actually this just came up because I was looking at Facebook don't look at Facebook kids. Uh, but <laughs> it's a the, trap. 
right? But the the memories function came up and it surfaced a, a locked friends post that I made a year ago wherein I was complaining about the fact that every time I would post that we had put up a new class, I teach uh, writing the other classes with Nisi Shaw. We teach them online. And we had been teaching them for about a year up to this point last year. And I said, every time I put up one of the announcements for the class and then, and I say, come sign up, somebody will always tweet at me or in some way make it known to me that our class is really expensive and and they can't sign up for it. And I was sort of complaining about the fact that I was like, well, what is the point of saying that to me? Mm-hmm. Because like I need to eat. Nisi needs to eat. We're not just sort of doing this on a lark. We're doing this because this is how we make money. So are you saying that our classes should be less expensive? Okay. Are you going to find us the money right. for these classes? And and so, and the the nice thing that actually came out of that is that there was a person who was on that post and who was saying, these people, they just need to calm down. But they said to me, you know what? I'm going to give you the money for this class so that you can offer a scholarship. And now we have a scholarship fund and now it's a whole thing so that now nice. we can like set aside a number of seats in every class so that people can take it who cannot afford to. And that's great. And, and I'm, so grateful for that person to even sort of kicking that off because it wasn't something that I had thought that somebody would even contribute to. And so I'd never asked. I was always thinking like someday in the future, we'll be able to give scholarships if we ever like make enough money. And this person came forward and and made it possible, but it's still, but they didn't do that because they were like, yours work is not a value. Like, no, what we were charging was was the right amount for the value. And quite honestly, I look at some other online writing workshops who are charging a lot more money and I'm like, I feel like we could be making bank if we just charge all this money. But at the same time, we still do want to make it accessible, as accessible as possible for people while still making us enough money to live. And that is a hard balance to strike. And sometimes I'm sure that we still probably are charging less than many other people who are charging for online classes who are giving, you know, the same amount of value or even less value than us. But I feel comfortable with how much we charge uh, because of that whole balance of making sure it's like accessible to some people and 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 not being so expensive that nobody can take it. There's a conference that I really, really loved. It was a small uh, kind of Apple-centric Apple community conference called Coco Love and it was in Philadelphia and it ran I think three years and it's it's hands down the the best conference I have ever gone to they did something really similar I think they wanted to offer 10 scholarships a year to this conference which would cover the cost of the ticket um, it didn't it didn't cover uh, transport or board but it did cover the cost of the ticket um, and so they had community members they were just like do you want to add on top of your ticket price to help fund these scholarships and they they reached funding I think every year that they did the conference um which is amazing so I do think um, maybe that's something that you could employ is just like hey do you want to give an extra I don't know what's reasonable like 50 bucks to help someone else do this um because what I found uh, just through that was that people were like yeah I'd really love to make this something that someone else can go to so that was pretty cool that is really awesome I like that idea Another thing that I thought was was really interesting about what Kathy had to say was just the fact that the jobs that are available now are not the jobs that we had 
or that were that were in existence like when I was in high school when you were in high school right like I keep yes. thinking about high school career counseling and trying to pick a major and it's like it didn't prepare me in any way shape or form for anything that I do now podcasts it really didn't didn't exist the internet like was not ubiquitous and it's fascinating how things have morphed um and what we can do yeah another thing that she talked about was in conjunction with that just just saying how sometimes we don't know what what it is that we can do like we're not entirely sure of the possibilities that are available to us because we're like thinking in a certain box and sometimes it takes talking to somebody else to understand that our box is actually much bigger. Um, people will also have a general idea of what they want to do, um, but not know how to really niche down to get stuff done. Um, I just had a consultation a couple weeks ago with someone who uh, is in the National Guard and was active military. She served overseas, is fantastic, and has a very select skill set. And she's just like, I don't know how to find clients. I was like, wait, are, seriously? You have, she lives in DC and she has a built in client list of civilians that work with military because she can speak and translate both sides of it. She is a built in contractor for this, the type of work that she does. And she just looked at me like, whoa, like it hadn't ever even come to her brain to think about. And I'm just like, this is what I love to do. This is where I get so excited because I, I, you talk to me and I hear what you're saying, even if you don't know what you're saying. And so being able to guide someone where their subconscious is telling them to go and being able to give them the actual words and approval to do what they already know that they want to do just it makes me so happy yeah I love that because it's true that especially if you are someone who is say I I mean I'm Gen X but I'm like at the very tail end of Gen X right so there are people who are in my generation who are up to like 10 maybe even 15 years older than me and I feel like even though our generation is the one that sort of like invented all this stuff. That's like the new way of living. There are still some of us who, because we were raised in a world that went through the shift, but had not already completely shifted by the time we became young adults, that sometimes we still get, it, it still takes us a while to understand that we can do something with the skills that we have that isn't what was already preset in our brains. I mean, I feel like if somebody had told me that I could have the jobs that I've had since I left college that actually use some of the stuff that I did in college, but none of it was like the, well, not none of it, but a lot of it wasn't the actual education that I got, but it was all these other things. I'd have been like, are you insane? Are you silly? Shut up with that because you don't know. Um, right. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. But yeah, the life that I live now is totally based on like, the this new world that we have that was made possible by you know the internet and and culture shifts and stuff that was brought on by generation x but i i don't think i could have planned this out but i think that i'm lucky in that 
for whatever reason, I've been open enough to it to be able to like take those sort of weird opportunities. But sometimes I still do need somebody from the outside to be like, you could totally put this, this and this together and make a job out of that. Yeah. And it's in a way it's kind of we're limitless, right? <laughs> like you can do whatever. In some ways, yeah. Whatever. Not literally whatever, but but there are so many jobs. Like I'm a freelancer because I don't know how else to describe what I do. You know, it's just easier when people are like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a freelancer because I, you know, it's it's hard. It's really hard. You're a unicorn lancer. <laughs> Wait, that's not right. <laughs> that's something different. Dang. It's very with a with a javelin and dark magic. It's bad. Don't want to go there. Uh and and something that both you um and Kathy um are speaking to is I think the value of having objective people, or maybe not objective people, but just people who aren't you looking at things and providing feedback. Um, honest feedback. And I'll let Kathy talk again a little bit about uh some of that. It's so important to be able to surround yourself with people that are willing to tell you the truth, not necessarily yes men, but people that are willing to give you honest and constructive feedback that you can still love at the end of the day. Um, Because it can be very, very difficult to be told you're doing something wrong and very, very difficult to be, to have to change things, especially if you're trying to grow a business, you are going to have failures. Uh, Stuff is not going to work, period. Um, The most important part is being able to grow and get past that. And to do that, you need people in your life that are able to help you through that, Uh, whether it's spouse, uh, a co-working space, random people you meet on the internet, like whatever it takes to find someone that can help support you and give you that feedback. Additionally, you need to be brutally honest with what you do every day. If you are like, yes, I am awake at 5 a.m., I work out at the gym for an hour, come back and have a healthy breakfast, and then I sit down, I don't open my email until 10 o'clock, and then I only do half an hour, And if that's your ideal, but really you wake up at seven and you scroll through Twitter for the first three hours of the day before you get out of bed, nothing wrong with that, but you can't lie to yourself. You should not lie to yourself. Uh, It's going to happen and you're going to have days where you're like, oh yeah, I totally was out of bed and eating breakfast and went to the gym and you know that you're lying. You, if you can figure out a way to be your best friend and worst enemy and keep those truths going, then you will become more successful. What, whether it's doing, you know, writing yourself a diary, uh, just dear self this morning, I woke up at seven o'clock because I did not go to bed until 2am because I got on a Twitter war with so-and-so. If you can write down what, The truth is, usually you'll be able to read it and acknowledge it better than just looking in a mirror or just thinking it over. So honesty is something that human beings struggle with. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) because delusion is the only way we can get through our lives. It's, oh God. It is a powerful thing. 
But yes, like having having a person or people outside of yourself who are, will be honest with you, that is, that's so important, especially if you are a creative person. And, and I think a lot of artists know this because you have to have feedback on your art. And so you need to have that honest feedback from people on whether or not like something is working uh, in your art, whether whatever art it is. And that also translates into just like other aspects of your life as well. And like having people who are able to be honest with you about everything can be like really key. Um, so I think you start with finding people who could be honest with you about your art and then you move on to people being honest with you about whether or not you spend too much time on Twitter. Having a Twitter war. Not that I know anything about that. <laughs> Tweet storms. What are those? I don't, I don't understand. Right. Yeah. I, I am uh, simultaneously fortunate and unfortunate enough to be married to a very honest person. And uh, that can be interesting sometimes. I mean, it's taken me many years and sometimes I'm still not very good at it to accept his feedback because he is, he's, he's, he's honest. Uh, He also heard me and is texting me about what I'm saying right now. So I need to podcast more quietly in the future, I guess. But yeah, it can be, it can be really challenging to kind of set your own ego aside. And especially for people like me, I have a temper. I really do have a temper. It's taken me a long time to kind of learn how to rein that in and be able to accept feedback. Also, I think it also helps to tell people what kind of feedback you're looking for. And this is something I tell my students because I teach like design classes. And it's like, when you come to me for feedback, you've got to tell me what you need right now. Do you need validation or do you need me to be really, really honest? Do you need me to look at the colors? Like what kind of feedback do you need at this point in time? Because I'm going to lay it out for you. Like that's what you're paying me to do. My students are paying me to help them get better. But I also can't crush their hopes and dreams either. But why? <laughs> That's the best part. Um, no, I, yeah. No, I, I spend a lot of time on Twitter crushing hopes and dreams. You do. That's, you that's really what do. I'm I there. love it. That's what I'm there for on Twitter. <laughs> but when I'm not on Twitter, like, um, well, for instance, when I teach classes, like a lot of the classes I teach are just writing the other classes. So we're not doing a whole lot of analyzing students work like their short stories or novels or whatever we're teaching them skills so that they can go write those short stories or novels better um so we don't do a lot of critiquing of the actual works um we take a look sometimes at their exercises but again we're not there to critique them we're there more to say this is what is happening in this exercise that you should be aware of but i did teach a couple of classes uh short story classes where i did critique the students work things that I did to my students, my poor students, is I gave them a critique guideline worksheet that was developed by my friend Claire Light. And and I will have a link to that worksheet uh, for Elaine to put in the show notes, because if you are a writer and you do critique other other people's stuff or you get your stuff critiqued, this worksheet is amazing. Because what it is, is our guidelines to critiquing that that don't include the stuff that usually gets included in critiques, which is a lot of people's feelings. Like, I didn't feel that I liked this character. I didn't feel that this worked. What the heck does that even mean? That's some stuff that doesn't mean anything. And so what this worksheet is doing is teaching 
the writer how to analyze what is going on in the works that they're reading, and then how to reflect back to the author of those works what it is that they are doing. So instead of saying, like, I don't think that that character worked because I don't like him, you say, your character does this, this, and this. And the result of him doing this, this, and this is that I get the impression that he is this way. Was that your intention? Nice. It doesn't matter if you like that character or not. Right. What you're doing is you're saying to the author, this, this, and this has made the character come to me in this manner. If that was your intention, then you succeeded. If that was not your intention, then you need to maybe examine what this character is doing so that you can have the reader, you know, react and or, or have that character come across to the reader in a manner closer to what you were intending. So a lot of it is about that. It's about analyzing instead of judging and, and not bringing one's feelings into it. And the best critiques of any kind, you know, for any kind of artistic endeavor, um, including design for apps and whatnot, is in, is in that form. It's, you know, here's what this this design element being right here does. It draws the eye over here. But if your intention was not to draw the eye over here, then perhaps you should think about changing that element, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but students struggle. They struggled with using that as a template for critiques because they're so used to the, well, I don't know that this worked. Mm-hmm. That's not what I asked you to do. Um, yeah. And, and, and so, yeah, it's it can be hard to find somebody who is not only able to be honest with you, but who can give you what it is that you need and and to understand what it is they're even seeing or, or experiencing or whatever so that they can reflect that back to you in a way that's useful to you. Yeah, it's really hard. We're not taught how to critique and we're not taught how to offer feedback, you know, uh, Going through school, at least my experience of the of the school system where I grew up was like you get a letter grade and like you don't necessarily get feedback on things, um, even, you know, even in English classes. Um, so, yeah, it's it's definitely a skill and it's definitely something that we have to learn. And I think it's even something that we can't learn until we're in our late teens or early 20s when our our brains are more fully developed um, because those critical thinking skills, we really don't have them from a brain development perspective until we are kind of past puberty and into uh, the throes of adulthood and college and working or whatever that path looks like. Yeah, nobody taught me these things. Yeah. This was, this was like something that was the hard one and other people other people came along when I was an adult and taught me um but one of the other things uh, that she was talking about and and we talked briefly about was you know keeping the timesheet yeah <laughs> being honest with yourself and that even though that can be it, it feels like it could be really stressful um I think sometimes it can eventually end up being very freeing one of the tools that I use to get through my day and to get things done during the day is an app called The Fabulous. It's only available for Android right now. Um, Hey, guess what? It's the one time. (laughs) The one time there's an amazing app and it's only for Android. I believe they are working on an iOS version for you people (laughs) who use iPhones and iPads. But but I'm I'm sure that there are other apps that are similar to this, but... um, so the fabulous is 
basically an app that creates a lot of different rituals for you to do during the day. Because the idea is, is that if you have a ritual for waking up in the morning, getting stuff done in the afternoon, getting ready for bed in the evening, um, that you can build habits that, you know, if you you do the habit consistently in a row for a certain number of days, then it gets embedded into you. And, but at the same time, you know, and especially for, for me, having something outside of me that's like, okay, now it's time to do the morning ritual. And I go through all the steps in the morning ritual. And that's, you know, having an app that's telling me what to do is really great because I'm like, well, the app told me I had to do this. So here we go. (laughs) Um, And the, and Fabulous has a lot of different what they call journeys, which is basically building up different types of skills for you. So, you know, you're on a journey to become more productive. You're on a journey to uh, eat health, more healthily. Uh, is that a word? I don't know. <laughs> um, you're on a journey to get more sleep so that you are more alert during the day and your sleep at night is more restorative. You know, whatever it is. And they have different tasks that go with these different journeys. And as you move through the app, you build, you know, you get one set of things down, you complete that journey, then you can move on to the next one and build up a new set of skills. And that, it sounds a lot like what Kathy was talking about, um, but in in the form of an app as opposed to a person. The only problem is, is that if it's an app, you can shut it off. <laughs> there are lots of mornings where I'm like, no, shut up. <laughs> doing something else. So while you've been talking, I actually pulled this up and I want it for iOS. I signed up for the newsletter like as you were speaking so that I could be notified because the artwork is adorable. Yeah. It's got like rainbows and sunshines and I I don't know that it's super the art is super cute. It's very colorful. I've been using Habatica, which is um kind of like an I don't know, RPG-ish type thing. So it's not yeah. an RPG. Um, but well, that's did, what it used to be called. It used yeah, to be called Habit RPG. Did it really? Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like you you get a character and you, 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 you gain experience or you lose experience based on what you do. And then you level up and all this stuff. And I really, really like it. But the problem that I have, especially lately, and, you know, like the new shiny was really cool, that new shiny effect where I was like, oh, yeah, I'm totally doing this. And then um, kind of as the year has worn on, because I started using it in, I don't know, mid-January or February of this year, the year has worn on. And I'm kind of not as good about doing all of those things as as I should be, um, as I want to be, I guess I should say. And um, And I have to come up with all of it on my own. And that is something that I really struggle with is like, I mean, I feel like I should be doing blah, 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 but I I don't really know. And it doesn't have things like um, timers or like due times. It's just stuff that you need to complete in a day. And so, you know, setting up rituals is something that I have to have the discipline to do and I have to come up with it on my own. The other thing, I, I also did Habit RPG for a really long time, and then I rage quit it one day, and I was like, rage quit? It's such oh, an no. apt description um, because of it's a game. But the reason why I rage quit it is because 
I had also, I've been doing it for a little while. I had been struggling to like do all the things I needed to do in a day. And, and for those of you who haven't tried it yet, like you get a little character and your character like gains experience points, but it also has hit points. So if like you don't do some task, uh, some of your, your health points get taken away because, you know, you, you haven't done the task. So it's like, oh, you got hit by like the dragon or whatever. And that's fine. And then the next day you're like, okay, I have to make sure I, I do all my tasks so I can get my health points up. And, and in that way, it is somewhat flexible because, you know, even if you don't do all of your tasks, if you have enough hit points, which you get to like pretty quickly, then you can absorb getting that hit. And you're like, okay, I didn't do that task today, but I'm going to do it tomorrow or whatever. Well, one day I was very productive. I was doing all the things that I had put in as like my daily tasks. I had also put in a bunch of things that were like that day tasks that I needed to do. And I was just like, boom, boom, boom. I was so productive that day and I got everything done. I was like, woo. But because I was so focused on getting things done and I had, I was also using one of those add-ons to like cut off my browser access, except for like the websites that I needed. Oh, you didn't mark it all off? I didn't mark it all off and I marked nothing off. And so I logged in and my character had died and had like been taken down a level. And I was so mad because I was like, that really literally happened because I was doing everything I was supposed to be doing today. And because I forgot to log in and and like check off the ticky boxes and get on the internet, which I'm not supposed to be doing anyway because I'm getting (laughs) things done. My character took a hit, and so oh, I just, no. I, that, that was the last day I ever logged into Habit RPG. I was like, no, and I left. So I, I, I did the thing where I put him in the tavern, so my character is, like, still at whatever level he was at. Like, he's not completely dead, or she, I guess it's a she, but still. Uh, yeah, I've, been, I've actually been experiencing that lately. I've been, um, so I have allergies. I have really, really bad allergies, and sometimes before I go to bed, um, I forget to check things off, and especially now that we're kind of reaching the... Um, I don't know if it's the peak of allergy season yet. God, I hope so. <laughs> don't want to feel any worse than I do. But now that we're kind of in this and it's like a lot of it is bedtime routines. Like, did you floss your teeth? Did you brush your teeth? Did you, you know, like I scoop the litter boxes right before I go to bed. I do some foam rolling before bed and I do that and I forget to knock to, to mark it off and there's no way to go back and say, hey, yesterday, no, seriously, I did these things. So yeah, I, I feel you. That's... Yeah. And so this is why Fabulous ended up working a lot better for me because it's it's still like these are the things that you need to do right now. It's not like um, a to-do list, you know, because it's the rituals are everyday things. But if I don't do that thing that day, I didn't do that thing that day. And and I can I can better handle like, oh, I didn't do that thing that day. And and now Fabulous even has a thing that now where you can go back and you can check off stuff that you you did do the day previous, but you know for some reason you didn't mark it off, um, and and that made me feel a lot better. I also started using a bullet journal uh, for the kind of tasks that I had been putting in Habitica, and the bullet journal system has been really useful to me. It's still pretty easy to fall off of, but again, it doesn't punish you by taking away your character's health. <laughs> uh, my poor character. Um, <laughs> and see, that's the other thing. You anthropomorphize things yep. and then it becomes like a problem. Yep. But um, bullet journaling was a really good way for me to like make sure, like just keep track of all the things that I was doing. Um, I do keep track of like daily things as well as my to-do list in the bullet journal. One thing I will say if you are interested in bullet journaling and there's a million and one 
how-tos and step-by-steps and whatever out there about bullet journaling is huge now. I didn't bullet, I didn't start one for a really long time because every time I saw something about bullet journals, I saw a picture of somebody's beautifully laid out oh my gosh, bullet journal artistic. that they drew. Right, that they drew themselves. They drew this whole layout themselves with like 16 different colored pens. And I look at that and I'm like, I can't do that. I'm not visually artistic. I can't draw for crap. And so I was like, well, that's not for me because I can't draw that. Let me be the one to tell you, you don't have to do that. You don't have to look at beautiful bullet journal layouts ever. Like I don't do it because every time I do, it makes me feel sad. And so then I don't want a bullet journal. My bullet journal is ugly, but it's functional. And I found a an article on BuzzFeed that explained bullet journals and was like, you don't have to do all that pretty stuff. All of that is like what people are doing because they don't have anything else. So that's <laughs> that's how they're expressing their creativity. Right. But here's the basics of what a bullet journal is and does. And then when I read that article, I was like, oh, okay, I can do that. That I understand. Cool. Let me try this. And it ended up being wonderful. Yeah. I follow a lot of people on Instagram who have these beautiful bullet journals. And like you, I I can't draw. Like I can't draw. My handwriting is passable. Um, Sometimes if I'm really careful, I can actually read my handwriting. So that's pretty great. And uh yeah, I, I've actually been thinking about starting a bullet journal. So maybe that's something we can, if I do that, we can talk together about later on as experiences and tips and tricks for bullet journaling. Yes, I'm down with that. All right. So I think the last bit uh, of my interview with Kathy, her parting words to me really um, were very encouraging because kind of going along the lines of it's a whole new world. I mean, really, we can, there are a lot of things that we can do that, that we couldn't do five years ago or 10 years ago or, you know, uh, 15 years ago when I was in school almost. Um, so that was great. And so I want to, I want to play her kind of her when I said, what are your final thoughts, Kathy? She said this, you know, 40 years ago, the internet wasn't a thing. Uh, I couldn't do anything that I do then that I do now. And who knows what's going to change in the future. So if you have an idea that someone is willing to pay you for, there's a good chance it could be a job. And I have finally gotten to the point where nobody sends me job uh, openings, Um, but it's taken a long time. (laughs) And it helps when you can like really describe what you do and who you are. So work on that elevator pitch, work on the ability to explain in very, very simple words what you do. Um, it, it's going to take a while, especially if you have an otter job. It helps ever since I branded to be the unicorn, it really helped uh, clarify for people because they just think I'm magic, which I totally am. But, you know, just figure out what it is that you do and other people will better be able to understand as well. And hope that you don't change what it is you do, that it doesn't morph over time because elevator pitches are hard. Yes, they are. But, you know, hers is broad enough that even if she starts to shift somewhat, it still works. That's what I think is so great about it. You know, she's like, she's the unicorn sidekick. Well, she's unicorn. That's that's anything. That's anything magic. She can do all the things that are magic. So yeah, but, but I agree. Like just being able to explain what it is you do 
in a way that makes people go, oh, that is is really helpful, um, not only in getting people to employ you, say, if that is your goal or, or to to call on you when when certain things are necessary, but also sometimes just for yourself, like to be able to to say, like, this is what I am, because humans, sometimes we really need labels. We like to be able to, like, say, this is how I think of myself. This is how I conceive of myself. This is what I am. That's one of the things that can be a struggle for artists just mm-hmm. to be able to label yourself an artist, like just to say, I'm a writer. I remember when I was a lot younger and newer to writing, I had teachers who would say, you know, I asked somebody like, what, you know, what do you do? And they're like, well, I really want to be a writer. And it's like, well, do you write things? Yes. Then you're a writer. <laughs> like, stop. Like, I want to be someday. You can say, I want to be a professionally paid writer. That's, that's different. That's a goal. Go go for that, but don't try to devalue yourself by saying, oh, I want to be a writer, but I'm not a writer yet. Are you writing stuff? Yes, you're a writer. Yep. Own it. And then get paid. Get that cash money. <laughs> so speaking of money, I wanted to let you know that Relay FM, the podcasting network that Originality belongs to, does this thing called membership. So you can kind of sponsor a show for $5 a month, $10 a month, or $100 a year. And what that does is the money comes to the producers of podcasts and the the people on podcasts, and it helps us put the show on. So we can we can buy equipment or pay our electric bills or whatever. Now, you can sponsor Originality. You can become an Originality member if you want to, or you can also become a member and support all of the great shows. Now, you get some perks if you become a member of Relay FM, including anniversary month episodes. So every August, our shows, we do bonus episodes that are available for Relay members only and previews of upcoming shows. So I'll tell you a secret. Episode zero, recorded with Yasmin Evian, was released as a member members only episode. So if you want to hear what Yasmin had to say on originality, you've got to become a member and you can hear what that sounds like. We also have a members only podcast in which Stephen Hackett, one of our amazing founders, interviews two hosts about a topic every month. And you can also get 15% off anything in our merchandise store. So there are some stickers there, there are t-shirts, and there are new perks added as we go along and figure things out. So if you'd like to support Tempest and me, you can go to relay.fm slash membership, select originality, and give us some sponsorship. We receive all of that money except for some really small admin fees. So there's no percentage that anyone takes if that's of concern to you. Um, And we would greatly appreciate your support. The main thing that I took away from this interview, which was fabulous, is just that, you know, there, yes, it's really good to be organized and have structure and, and people like Kathy can help you be organized and have structure. There are also ways that you can be organized and have structure that you can do on your own, but it shouldn't, it, that kind of thing doesn't interfere with you being a creative person. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I think is really great because like there is creativity in what she does. Absolutely. There, there is, and, and being able to be the person who can say, I'm going to do this for you, or I'm going to help you figure this out so that you can free up that space in your consciousness to be able to do all this other stuff. That's so valuable. And 
And I'm I'm glad that she exists in the world. There should be more people like this who exist in the world to help all of us people who can't get through our email. Yes. Like me. And me. Yeah. And also I think uh one of one of my takeaways in addition to that, and kind of one of my life lessons, because I feel like I don't know. I I don't really believe in a cosmic force or anything like that. But like one of the things that is kind of I've been paying more attention to lately, I guess, is um, that it is okay to not do it all. It is okay to not do it all. And it is unreasonable to expect that you can do it all all of the time. So if that means that you need to get to a point where you're making enough money where you can hire Kathy to help you with, you know, your email or your schedule or whatever it is, or you need someone to come clean your house for you every other week, because that is a lot of stress and time. Like that is okay. These are, these are okay things. And in fact, it will help you because one, you won't have to do these things. So two, you have that time, right? The I don't know, four hours a week that you're cleaning your house or or whatever, whether you're splitting it up or ignoring it or whatever. But two, you also have that mental energy that you spend stressing out about those things to do the things that you're good at and do the things that you'd like to do. So, so this is me talking to myself. There's no shame in hiring people to help you where you need help. I concur. I definitely concur. And, you know, it's, Sometimes it may not not always be financially possible, but if you, even if you are able to get together some money, like save it up for like a session or just two sessions with a person who can come help you do the things that can still be super useful and transformative. If, depending on where you are, the culture of where you are, like right now I'm in Portland, Oregon, and a lot of the you know, oh, I can come help you do that or I can I can do this for you. If you'll uh, give me a massage, if you'll look at the bio on my website and tell me how to write it better, like there's a lot of that kind of bartering right. that goes on. And so if you live somewhere where the culture it, it is very acceptable to, to offer something other than money in exchange for this help, like go for it if, if that person is willing to. Um, it just depends on where you live. Like there are some places like in New York, people would be like, what's wrong with you? Give me my cash. <laughs> So, so yes, but even if you can only get up enough to like just have some sessions with a person, just being able to have somebody say to you, it is okay for you to do X when you have not thought that it was okay for you to do X because of reasons, it's, it's transformative. Well, I would like to thank Kathy so much for coming on the show and contributing to this amazing discussion that did not at all go in any way that I thought it would, which is something that I love about talking to Tempest. And if you want to find Kathy, here she is telling you where you can go to follow her on Twitter or her website. You can find me at theunicornsidekick.com and I am on the Twitters and Instagram as at Mrs. Soup, M-R-S-S-O-U-P. I'm also constantly in relay chat also as Mrs. Soup. So come and hang out with me on the live chats. And as always, I've been one of your hosts, Aline Sims, joined by... Kay Tempest Bradford, or (laughs) 
and now I want to be Mrs. Soup. Like she takes all the good I names. I know, right? <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't know her last name when we met. People were just like, this is Kathy. And I'm like, okay, great. This is Kathy. And I was like, okay, after, you know, a couple of hours, I was like, are you on Twitter? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, what's your, what's your username? And she's like, Mrs. Soup. And I was like, that's weird. And she's like, my last name is Campbell. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's amazing. I'm sorry. You can't be Mrs. Soup, Tempest. It's true. But <laughs> you can find me on the Twitter as well, at Tiny Tempest. And I bet you can find Aline on Twitter. Yes, at Aline. And of course, that'll be in the show notes. And you can find the show's Twitter account at Originality FM. So if you have questions or comments, let us know. We'll do question and answer episodes from time to time. Um, so yeah, reach out. What was our closing? Do you remember? We haven't come up with a closing we come yet. Up with a closing. <laughs> That's our closing. What you can do, listeners, is actually tweet at us and tell us how we should close the show because we struggle with this every time. But until next time, stay original. Which is totally cheating because Material Podcast had a stay in material or has podcast has stay in material as they're closing, but they can fight me. <laughs>